Welcome to the Crady Crew Podcast, episode number three. Hey guys, and welcome to the Crady Crew Podcast, episode number three. Today we have Icy Rain 35. Hey everybody. Trioptimum. Hello. And myself, Sarah Chick. Now let's just jump right into the topics we have today. And the first thing we have is the mini NES from Nintendo. Have you seen this thing? It's so cute. It's tidy. And I have no idea if it's even going to be worth the money. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to tell. I mean, like, all the games that they're going to have for you. Yeah, there's going to be 30 games, which is pretty good for the price point that they're kind of aiming at. Can't remember the exact price, but I think it's like they wanted to aim for like 100 bucks or something like that. But It's uh, $60. Oh really? Um, yeah, really? I might be. I might be in Canadian. It's probably <laughs> like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> um, but for the price point and thirty games, you know, it's not bad when you think like, oh man, you're getting thirty games. You know, branded Nintendo games. But they've until you think that they're old games. Not only are they old games, but they've uh, people have been making like uh, plug and play consoles for a very long time. A lot of which have. Not these exact games, but a lot of clones of them, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And emulators have existed for so long that it almost but feels like they missed it. <laughs> emulators, though, they're kind of, you know, you technically, I think technically speaking, you're supposed to own the game before it becomes uh, less We do gray. own most of those games. We do. And we also still have a working Nintendo. So we kind of don't really need it. But for people that either missed out on it or grew up with the games and their console no longer works or couldn't get a hold of a lot of those games, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some serious classic titles in there as well. And it's got the first three Super Mario Brothers. Uh, Zelda 1 and 2 are both in there. Uh, the first oh, wow. two Castlevania games. Uh, there's some really there's some really big stuff. Oh, Metroid is in there. Um, oh, I didn't know that one. I think it's going to be the sort of um, like point of sale kind of you know toy aisle type thing. I think I, I think this is going to fly off the, uh, off the shelves uh, before Christmas because it's just it's a, just a really straightforward thing. It comes with a controller. Um, you just plug it into your TV via HDMI, and this this stuff all works. I mean, you know, maybe maybe we would set up Raspberry Pis and emulators and things, but this is just something that you know you could. Just give away as a Christmas present, and they can be playing it five minutes later. Yeah, for th- I guess it would be a good way to introduce the really old games to the newest generation. I'd, I'm not entirely sure they'd be interested in all the old games, personally. Probably not. <laughs> They're all too hard. They are really Let's hard. Let's just be honest. <laughs> that is true, really yeah. I've, like, Gaming has gotten so easy since then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to love just... Uh, I love Zelda games. Absolutely love them. But I'm not going to lie. I, I don't get the, the first one. Like, I, I can't do it. I just, so it'll tried. definitely only market to a nostalgia factor then yeah. for the people who had the games who really want to play them again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it'll still I fly off so, the yeah. shelves. Yeah, they absolutely will. Absolutely so will. I think Nintendo just... are going to get a huge Christmas boost from, from this kind of thing. Oh, but, and yeah, who knew that they were going to release a console this, this year after all? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, they've got a pretty big boost from something else, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Actually, we'll yeah. talk about that now. We'll talk about it right now. All right. So, as <laughs> probably a lot of you guys out there know, there's this huge phenomenon sweeping pretty much the world. And uh, 
yeah, you probably already guessed Pokemon Go. Um, like this, I don't know if you guys have played it because you know it's kind of not available in half the world still, for some strange reason. I mean, they they claim it's for servers, but I think they're just being <laughs> lazy. Well, yeah, it's not here in Canada yet. It released in America, but still not here in Canada. It's still not even in Japan, which surprised me when Trio told me that. Yeah, I was, what? I still don't believe. <laughs> like they they invented Pokemon. They should have Pokemon Go. <laughs> it's very odd. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. but it's so popular. I mean, I can't believe it. In Canada, even though it's not out yet here. That doesn't stop people from being level 25 already and owning a gym with level 2,000 Pokemon in there. <laughs> really? Yeah. You're just complaining because you're no. not level 25 yet and you lost that gym. No, like, I'm talking, like, these people, like, I, I don't know how they do it. Like, I really don't. Because, like, it's not just that they're level 25, but they're also, their Pokemon are level, uh, challenge point, uh, or combat point, I can't remember which one it stands for. Two thousand one hundred, like, and uninvolved. Uh, They're cheating. Ludicrous. They that's, have to be. That's un unbeatable at this point for a new player, surely. Not even a new player. Like the highest I've seen, other than that, is twelve hundred. This guy surpasses right. them by nine hundred points. My highest guy isn't even at nine hundred points yet. <laughs> so what level are you, Icy? Uh, I think I hit fourteen yesterday. Right, okay. I've been playing... It, it's only come out here in uh, last Thursday, like, uh, as we record this, uh, what, two days ago. So I'm only le yeah. level mm -hmm. eight or nine. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I've sort good. of... I've, well, I've, <laughs> it's got me out and walking the, the Pokestops in the neighborhood. And um, yeah. <laughs> it's been a really interesting experience because I don't live in a city and I don't see a lot of people playing games when I go out there, most of the time it's people walking dogs or people out with their kids that are, you know, going somewhere. Um, but I went out this morning for about 45 minutes and just sort of walking around the local Pokestops just getting items and stuff. I must have seen about half of the people uh, out there were clearly playing Pokemon Go. And I have that's I, there must have been a dozen people and that's more people than I've ever seen around here playing on a DS or a PS Vita or even a game on their phone. Uh, it's it just it's huge. Even here, which like basically we're just out on the edge of the suburbs, um, like a couple of miles from the countryside. I think in the city mm -hmm. there'll be just people everywhere at all the all the stops using lures and stuff. Um, oh, it's pretty cool. It is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. I genuinely think there's there's something different about this game that isn't just a popularity thing. I don't think it's necessarily a passing fad thing. I think this is really just. I've never seen anything. I've never seen people react this way to a game before. No. We have a uh, storm pond thing behind our house, and one of the ponds right at the water's edge is a Pokestop. And if you just look out any of our windows, because we face those ponds, you just look out the windows, and at any time of the day, there's always somebody either walking to or from or standing right at the water's edge at that Pokestop. Yeah. <laughs> Every mean, minute of the day. Yesterday, and that's, I... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's that's for a game that hasn't even launched where you live. Yeah. Yeah. The game isn't even out here officially. Everybody who's playing it right now has done the workaround in order to play it. Yeah, which is probably a fraction and of... They're, they're <laughs> the, that's the geeky 10% or, or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's ridiculous. But we've seen, uh, well, I didn't, but I see saw a uh, dad and his son out at the waterfront. They had put out a lure and they were there for the full half hour. Yeah, I was just about to talk about that, actually. I was in the middle of uh, barbecuing up some chicken for dinner last night. And I just opened the app because sometimes Pokemon will just wander into our backyard. And I look over and it's like, oh, man, there's a lure out there. So I texted Ciro, see you later. I'm gonna, there's a lure out in the lake. I'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> Mid cooking dinner. Yeah. And it's funny because like I'm, I'm looking at like Icy plays, you play and I don't. And I don't because I've never really gotten into any of the Pokemon games. I watched the show like almost religiously as a kid. But as soon as they moved past the original 150, I kind of really lost interest. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was getting older and it was losing me to begin with. But like from an outsider standpoint now, because I am pretty much an outsider, I look at the game and I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty interesting. And I love what it's doing for everybody. But at the same time, I don't think I will ever download or install the app. My internet plan on my phone is ridiculously small. And my battery life is terribly short. So I can't even risk it. It will cost no. me too much money. It's, it <laughs> eats battery. It just eats the battery, it, it, yeah. It totally does. You basically got to leave the thing on. As you walk around, yeah. and yeah, it just it just sucks the battery dead. It just sucks it dry. Yeah. And those are my two biggest no-nos for it. That that doesn't even like come close to everything else that's coming out in the news. Of course, when you have an app that is this widely used by people who need to go outside and walk around, you're going to have those idiot people. Mm-hmm. Like there have been people walking across highways. Without looking hmm. to get a Pokemon. See, I say Sandshrew. I haven't seen one, so I'd, I'd probably be tempted to do the same. <laughs> I see. <laughs> gotta, get, gotta catch them all. All right? We don't get fire oh, Pokemon Lord. here. But that's kind of just a development of people texting and walking into traffic, I guess. And it's just, it's newsworthy because it's a new thing. But yeah. people, the yeah. inattention using a device is, uh, or talking on the phone, I suppose, even... Is, is not a particularly new thing. It's just getting True a lot enough. of play right now because it's novelty and it makes good news. Yeah. And the news wants to capitalize on what we're capitalizing on. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and to be it's fair, big. Like, texting and driving, that's bad. Don't do it. But mm-hmm. let's be honest, playing Pokemon Go takes more attention than texting. Yeah. Hmm. So if you're... Uh, if you're doing that, that's a that's that's a bad. <laughs> that yeah, takes really, way too much attention. Your eyes are off the if, road way too long. <laughs> if you are driving, put your phone down. Get your passenger <laughs> like, to do it. Come on, exactly. Siru? Oh crap! I just agreed to that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> <sighs> Sneaky. <Yeah>. Join us. <laughs> <laughs> I had seen a picture, and it was a uh, um, shotgun's new duty. And uh, they were holding two phones. Both had Pokemon Go on them. So they had their own <laughs> phone and the driver's phone. <laughs> I think about the, the thing about this story that I found most interesting is all the, all the, the personal stories that people have been um, posting to Twitter and Reddit and, and stuff and Facebook about um, how this game is helping them with uh, their social anxiety or their mm-hmm. depression or it's helping them lose weight. Um, there yeah. was a really good uh, sort of repost of a Facebook thing from a parent of uh, an autistic kid 
Uh, I saw that. Yeah, I was absolutely. T- I mean, for for people who uh, don't have a lot of friends, don't have a lot of, don't leave the house a lot, and um, don't exercise much, uh, this is potentially a life changing thing. They've suddenly, you know, they now have joined this game, which makes you exercise uh, to play the game, and also makes you team up uh, with other members of your team, and just gives you an instant social connection to anyone you see who's playing this game because you've got a you've got an in right it's just have you caught anything new anything cool lately um and people are just getting through a lot of barriers in their lives from from this i think this is a really important game for some people i think certainly it's going to be the most important game of the year i would agree with that um, I know that when you exercise, it releases a whole bunch of like endorphins, so it will help a whole bunch of people with anxiety issues, depression, like all of that is incredibly important. And the majority of people who, you know, especially here in Canada, because it's a small fraction of geeky people who can get it first, those are the geeky people who more than likely are um, constantly sitting at desks inside, you know, playing video games without moving for hours. So to actually have a game that gets them outside doing everything that's completely like opposite to their regular habit nature, it's just phenomenal to yeah. see. Absolutely. Well, I've even experienced the whole uh, social aspect from it. The other day during my lunch break, I went down to our legislative grounds and uh, started chatting with people that were that were playing the game. It was pretty pretty cool. <laughs> well, you've also experienced the uh, activity part too, because you yeah, I and I are very, very, very bad for being active, and yet in the last week, you've gone for hour and a half long walks every single day, twice a day. <laughs> yeah, well, every yeah. So... every morning before work, I head out uh, for an hour walk because I'm downtown so early. The only way I can get a parking spot uh, because I take a well, we have our parking ride, so we. Uh, Hop on, hop on the train. Or sorry, I go to the parking lot, hop on the train, and go downtown first thing in the morning because otherwise I can't get that parking spot. And parking downtown is like twenty dollars a day, kind of thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So at least you have the time to walk around. Yeah, exactly. Now that <laughs> now that this game is out, like I've been walking for an hour, an hour and a half every single morning downtown. It's been really nice. It's really calming, especially in the morning when it's nice and cool. I would say that this is the most successful game to include activity in it ever. For sure. Yeah. It is the most successful mobile game of, of any kind. Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. Definitely. I mean, it's where it's out, it is the top, um, top selling and top downloaded on the Apple market. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right, so it's overtaken all the... Twitter and Facebook and things. Yep. And all the big ones, wow. Even surpassed Tinder. <laughs> what? Really? Now that's funny. Yeah. No, that, that one I love. It's just like, oh. So many people are making really bad jokes about it, though. <laughs> yeah, don't look it up. Don't look it up. But um, back to the, the, physic, like, the physical yes. part. Like I said, it was the best active game ever like that has ever come out and we we were thinking about it like this is our this is this week's round table is active games now when you say the term active game immediately everyone's brain goes straight to well ddr because it's the only game that i could think of off the top of my head yeah. that required you to be active 
so all of us had to like really think about what it means to have an active game and in the end of it i think only trio ended up with a unique game (laughs) to be fair he got a good one he did he did he picked a good one none of us are going to say hey ddr or any of the other dancing games because those are too cliche those are obviously active and everyone knows but uh i'm gonna go even more cliche (laughs) (laughs) and i'm gonna take the easy cop out and i'm gonna say we fit and i'm gonna say it because i own it like i have a we fit i have a we fit board and i did the we fit exercising for about two weeks (laughs) before (laughs) i lost interest the game itself wasn't bad it's just it wasn't cool enough to make it worth my while to do the exercises like Pokemon Go has the collection factor and all of the stuff that keeps you going. And the Wii Fit just, you know, here's a chart with your BMI. It's like, well, yeah, I can do that with anything. <laughs> but the the games themselves were actually fun in the moment. And they're more fun if you had people watching you because then you could make a fool of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the Wii Fit itself does yoga and strength training. So the yoga one was especially good because it did check your balance. Um, the strength training was all just body weight exercises, which you really don't need a, a wee expensive Wii game to tell you how to do body weight exercises. There's apps galore for that. Yeah. Um, but the aerobics and the other balance games were really fun because it was pretty much a, a step a step aerobics class, and it had like little foot pads to so tell you where you put your feet, and you could really work up a sweat doing that. Like it was crazy yeah. how how simple the basic rhythm steps ended up making you like dying <laughs> after like 15 20 minutes of actual exercise and then the balance games were the the actual game games where you had to like do a ski slalom by wiggling side to side and doing a tightrope rock and those required um a little bit more fine-tuned muscles a lot like the yoga but yeah. like it's so like on the nose and so many of the things that came with the Wii Fit you can technically do um, with apps or just on your own and I think that's kind of where it fell flat is because like it didn't create enough pull to keep you actually playing yeah it was something you played for a couple of weeks and then there's novelty sort of wore off I could never do the hula hoop neither could I I could always fell down (laughs) there was nothing I could do I never tried the Wii Fit games. I never saw the appeal personally. <laughs> well, we well, me and my mom got it specifically so that way we could use it to lose weight, and both of us used it for like two weeks and then stopped. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't even use our Wii anymore, though, so I guess it's a really bad <laughs> measure. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I think the number of houses there are in the world with we balance boards in just in a cupboard must, <laughs> must right? number into the tens of millions. <laughs> That's exactly where uh, where ours is upstairs. <laughs> yep, it's in a cupboard. Yep. <laughs> the Wii is in the cupboard with it. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, because it kind of goes into my game, which is the whole awesome what was Wii Sports games. And uh, actually the PlayStation Move games, I thought, worked even better than the than the Wii ones uh you know because you got your archery and stuff like that for your Wii sports you bowling boxing tennis you know you're swinging your arms you're actually uh, standing instead of sitting preferably you know you could sit but that kind of negates the point get up people (laughs) (laughs) and uh, 
but like to be fair like you would if you were playing long enough especially boxing you could you could start to work up a little bit of a sweat um but i found really the good ones came from the playstation move ones because they had a sword fighting one and that one was awesome so you had your shield hand and you had your sword hand and you're having to because it uses also the camera you're having to actually move around and try to stay within the camera which sucked but you're having mm-hmm. to move around and dodge and block and attack and i thought i i had gotten quite a bit big workout from that one just for you know plain fake swords it was a, it was a blast yeah i think if more games had fake swords that actually required you to stand up and swing it would be much better <laughs> yeah not like uh not like the way they did Zelda, though. That was that was bad. No, that was bad. I did not like that. <laughs> but I had to actually go back to the uh, Wii Sports. Um, you mentioned the bowling one. Uh, my mom and I used to play that, too. You know, we had Wii Sports. It was a an effort that we got to try and lose weight. And uh, we learned that to get a strike every single time playing the Wii Bowling, you had to sit on the arm of our couch, look the opposite direction, and just gesture with your hand with the Wii Mode in it <laughs> by accident, and you would get a strike every single time. Wow. So that required absolutely no exercise, and I think it really failed. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Just, just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> See, that, was, that was the problem with the Wii ones, is that you could you could do it all from your couch. You didn't, and you just had to flick your wrist. You didn't actually have to do anything yep. until they uh, mm. involved the Wii Motion Plus, or I think is yep. what they called it. And then you had to actually start doing a little bit more. I could tell your the angle of how you're holding it and everything, which is what they used for. I think it was Skyward Sword. Still, don't think it worked the best for a Zelda game. Just my personal opinion. I know a lot of people disagree, but. Um, <laughs> One reason I really like the PlayStation Move one is because it used the camera and everything, the big giant glowy orbs, as well as having sensors and everything like that. You were able to get a much better kind of feel versus only using an infrared reader and tracking in the controller that wasn't the best. Yeah. Did you ever use the uh, PlayStation? move trio no i didn't i've got one of the cameras but i've never it's never been attached to a playstation uh we got the playstation move controllers and the playstation is this a playstation sports i i don't remember i can't remember the name of it now but I, I do remember the sword one being really fun and the archery one did feel more like archery because i know the wii sports two i think had archery in it but you just have the controller in one hand and you pull one hand back and then press a trigger button for that so like it's all kind of one-handed for the most part like you Hmm. you could hold the nunchuck at your waist it didn't actually have a sensor and when it came to the playstation move what you have is two controllers that both have sensors on them one of them is red and one of them is blue and one of them goes in your off hand and one of them goes in your main hand. And to do the archery, you actually had to pull your one arm up like you're holding the bow. You'd have to pull the other hand towards your back as if you're pulling a, an arrow from a quiver. And then go all the way out to the bow hand and then pull back to your face. So the exact motions that a real archer, well, mostly 
<laughs> exact motions that a real archer would be doing. So your one arm holding the bow would actually get tired and the other arm, which is doing all of the motion, would be like getting the muscle strain from doing the stretches. So it was actually really well done. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the that's what you can do when you've got the freedom of movement of not having them sort of cabled together and having a finite length that they can move apart like they are on the Wii. Yeah. Exactly. It was a very, very well put together motion system that very few games took advantage of very very few oh that's a shame it is i, I guess vr is the new sort of place to like for things like a sword fighting for sword fighting and archery that vr is i guess the new thing to work, work up a sweat in with physical movements mm -hmm. i would uh, much rather go for augmented over virtual that's just me <laughs> hmm. that's pokemon go shining through again <laughs> no i just it's not even that like I think there's more real-world applications for augmented reality versus virtual reality. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. All right, oh, I guess I'll go me. for mine then. Um, <laughs> I was going to go for Rock Band because probably the the biggest sweat I've ever worked at playing a game is drumming in Rock Band. It's yes. just really surprisingly Agreed. a workout. Um, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't played it in a long time, but that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, but no, I'm going for a little bit of a cheating option. Uh, in the, well, I can, I'm going to try and justify it as a video game uh, geocaching because it's something you need a computer for. It's, a, it's an internet game. It never existed before the internet and couldn't exist before the internet. But this thing where you have some sort of GPS device, whether a dedicated one or one built into your phone, and you, you go and find, um, usually on a, a website like geocaching.com, um, nearby caches, uh, you take the coordinates and you go and find where they are in, in, in real life. And you that will get you to within five meters of, uh, of, a, of a location. And then somewhere at that location, somewhere above ground, there will be uh, some sort of waterproof plastic container in it. Some little pieces of like you know, key rings, uh, you know, pencil erasers, just small things that can fit in there. And usually a logbook. Um, so you can go in there, you can swap things that you brought for things that are in the in the box and you sign the log and then you record your uh, your, your visit, your find or your couldn't find uh, on the website. Uh, and this is uh, this is quite an old thing. I think it's been going about 15 years or so. Um, but yeah, I think this is sort of an antecedent for a lot of the a lot of things like Pokemon Pokemon Go uh, and well yeah. and Ingress, uh, which predated Pokemon Go. Um, same company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. But um, yeah, I've I've had a lot of fun. Um, but I, I think that and Pokemon Go has this 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 property, this trait as well. Um, geocaching sends you to places that people around you think are interesting places to bring you. So they yeah. they they've placed them in places that they like and places which may be off the beaten track. Um, and you go and just. Having, with the pretext of having this treasure hunt there and finding the cash, um, you actually learn quite a lot about your local your local area. So that's definitely something that it has in common with Pokemon Go. And that's really the appeal of both Pokemon Go and of geocaching, though, is the treasure hunt. Yeah. You get to go and find and win some treasure, right? Yeah. Like there's the pleasure that you get from finding something that nobody else has found yet. The... I don't know. It's hard. it's hard to explain, right? No, I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, basics. there's a yeah. 
I mean, especially a physical artifact as well to find, especially if it's yeah, a place you cool. walk past a hundred times and you've never realized that in that tree root there, just buried under a little patch of moss, there's a little, a little treasure there to be found. And everyone who's walking past it doesn't even know that it's there. It's like a secret, yeah. a secret world. That's really cool. Yeah. When you when you think of it that way, it's just really cool. I know I had uh, downloaded a, an app to check it out while I do Pokemon Go. You're going to geocache and do Pokemon Go at the same time? Well, yeah, you geocache. You That's up, perfect. You look up the relative area of where it is and you kind of head out onto it. And you can catch your Pokemon and hit it, your stops along your way. It's the ultimate combination right there. Yeah. Hmm. And the other layer of it is the stealth because there's got to be a certain especially if there's a lot of foot traffic where a cache yeah. is you have to not look suspicious right because if you, someone sees you like replacing some square object uh, at the you know the bottom of a lamppost or something they're going to be yeah. quite yeah. suspicious that you're up to no good so you have to make sure that you're not going to get seen by someone who doesn't know what the cache is yeah <laughs> yeah so there's always that element and of it's... slight skill in in having to try and uh, avoid the the prying eyes of people who don't know the hobby. Yeah, and trying to That's explain funny. what it, uh, geocaching would be to somebody that doesn't know what it is is not going to be the easiest thing either. Yeah, I mean there have been some problems with law enforcement in <laughs> in multiple yeah. cases in, in various jurisdictions. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. Oh, I can see that definitely. <laughs> yeah, uh, I find it funny. I think it's a really cool idea to do. So I just want. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think it's actually. A, a very good game like i know it seems odd for most people but i, I would agree with you it, it's definitely a game yeah and a video game at that because you do require computers so yeah absolutely it definitely requires yeah i mean most people play it on a smartphone now so yeah yeah, yeah. there's a lot of apps to facilitate it now which makes it really easy so you don't even need yeah. to go to like websites and stuff i know the one i downloaded though and a lot of the other ones i saw they you know mobile market microtransactions so it's like they'll show yeah. you a bunch of uh, ones, mm. that, like the easy ones you can find for free. And then uh, the harder ones, the ones that involve puzzles or anything like that, you got to pay the monthly fee or yearly fee to access. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even get into the puzzle ones, but those are cool as well. Yeah, those are the <laughs> ones that immediately interested me. Those are the puzzle ones, because I, I like mm. puzzles. I suck yeah. at them, but I like puzzles. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so on that note, we're gonna let's head on into our Q and A session for the day. So what do we got? Our very here? short Q and A session. Our very short Q and A <laughs> session. So our first one here is. Um, Ooh. Okay. Make sure you remind yes, everybody yes. to ask, send was, in questions. I was, I was gonna do that at the end. <laughs> ah. All right. Do it first. <laughs> All right. So you guys can ask us your questions. You just head on over to our Twitter account, which is just at uh, Creative Crew. It's not Creative Crew official, correct? It's just Creative Crew? No, it's Crew? just at Creative Crew. All right, perfect. So you can head over and tweet them at us at the at Creative Crew, as well as you can send us an email. And it's at it's, uh, Creative Crew official at gmail.com, correct? Perfect. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can comment down below with some questions. Yes, that is my favorite way to do it because it is the easiest for everybody because you don't need to go anywhere else. It's, it's right there. <laughs> 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 mm. 
no no extra stuff involved. Which Super is, simple. Yeah. Send them in. Send any questions you got. All the questions. Serious questions, weird questions. We'll answer most. Yeah. Like we have one serious and one goofy right here to for the day, so a good example. So our first question is, what is your guys' earliest gaming memory? And now I'm gonna go with mine and it's I have a lot of little gaming memories, but probably the biggest one that kind of stands out would be when I first got my N64. Like I know I had like let's just go okay, I'll just go earliest instead of just most concrete. <laughs> so my <laughs> earliest would probably be playing Earthworm Jim 2 or Mario uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 for my Super Nintendo cuz we didn't own an original Nintendo at the time. Um playing those those ones on Super Nintendo and I suck at them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting so frustrated at Earthworm Jim 2 that one of my other friends was really good at it and I was more into the Zelda-like games. So he actually traded me Earthworm Jim 2 for A Link to the Past. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good trade. Yeah. I still play it. (laughs) (laughs) I have it in several different, like, mediums, but I still... My favorite is still opening it up on the Super Nintendo and playing it there. Do you know how old you were? Oh, I, it was when I f- first city I lived in. So it's probably maybe about like five, six. That's fairly early. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. And I also remember, I just remember getting lots of, I remember, okay, maybe this is it. I remember getting Pokemon Blue from my uh, from my aunt and uncle. For, I think it was either my birthday or Christmas. I can't remember. Like, but I remember yeah. getting Pokemon Blue. So that would pro- that would be the earliest. <laughs> and then my brother broke my game on me. Oh. He caught missing though, and totally trashed the game by accident. <laughs> well, there was no internet. We didn't know. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. At least my Pokemon Yellow still works. I think the weirdest thing though is after missing though, like the game totally just fried. You couldn't open the game up, nothing. But as time has gone on, the game is, like, repairing itself or something. Like, all the sprites are pretty much trashed. But the game before, you could load up the intro scene, like the little movie, and then the game would crash before you could even hit, you know, open game or load game, new game, or options and all that. And now you can actually go through and play the game. All the sprites huh. are blocks of black, and the sounds are a little messed up, but everything is intact. Everything is, huh. like, the game runs now. You have a, a, a unique version, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Highly collectible. Uh, I need to get a battery for it, because <laughs> I can't save anything. I want to see what happens if I save and continue, but the battery in it is dead. But, yeah. Gotta it's get a, one. Yeah. I need to get one for my Pokemon Yellow as well because I think it's about to go. Which isn't going to be sad times. I lost all my Pokemon onto Gold and Silver anyway when those batteries died. They died before my Pokemon Yellow. That's And now you have Pokemon Go. And now I have Pokemon Go. Yay. (laughs) Uh, I have almost every Pokemon game except like the original ones for 
Game Boy Advance. It's kind of yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all, including the games themselves. I think um, my earliest gaming memory, I was just sitting here and thinking about it. I'm pretty sure it was me watching my mom and my dad take turns playing Tetris. The original Tetris for the Nintendo. Like, my parents were so good at Tetris that, like, they would enter the cheat code so that we'd skip forward the levels. And then my mom would play until her name filled all of the spots of the, you know, top score list. Then my dad would play until he got his name on the list. And then my mom would play again until she wiped him off the list. (laughs) Over and over and over again. And I remember that like so clearly. I would sit down and I'd watch them play and I just watched the bricks fall. And I had to have been like three. Three, four, really, really, really young. Yeah. I can't remember... Like, I don't even remember playing myself. Actually, the first game I remember playing myself was actually pinball on a classic computer. I can't even remember. Windows 97, maybe? Because I didn't ever play the console games. I was always too busy playing with toys or going outside back then. But my brother played and my parents played and I was just watched. But the first game I played was actually a PC game, Ooh. which is weird. <laughs> we had a PC really early, mind you. Like, we had a computer in our house way before most people did. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that my, my dad had to do work at home, but it came preloaded with pinball and Mahjong. And I played both of those. And I remember that clearly and Minesweeper, mind you. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a uh, gaming computer until I was probably 13, 14. And then I like almost immediately got into WoW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as I say that, my that's what my video is down below. You guys can see that. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Trio? What's your earliest? Well, I was going back. I was so I grew up in the eighties with British home computers. I was thinking the first computer that we got was um, an Acorn Electron, and I guess late 1984, and probably the first game on that was Chucky Egg. But I don't think that was, as I've been sitting here thinking about it, yeah, it's kind of a, it was a really early platformer where you are just avoiding ducks that are walking around the, the these platforms and trying to collect all the eggs. It was really good, actually. Uh, that sounds fun. <laughs> an underappreciated classic. But, um, but yeah. I think there's something, uh, as, as I was sitting here, I think there's an earlier memory. So I would have been about five or six at that time. Mm-hmm. But I think even younger than that, I was at my grand's for Christmas and one of my cousins brought to, uh, like, for, as presumably something they got for Christmas, um, one of the old Nintendo LCD games, one of the old Game & Watch games. I think it was Donkey oh, nice. Kong, which I think was the first one. And I remember playing that. Um and I guess that must have been around 1983 when I was like four or five or something. Wow. I was just looking that up on Wikipedia as you were talking. And that was actually the, f- if it was Donkey Kong, and I'm relatively certain it was Donkey Kong, that was the first game ever to have a D-pad. Wow. Um, so that's my first, I yeah, I, I didn't actually See. grow up with Nintendo stuff, but I'd like, I, I mean, only very, very recently did I buy a Wii and that's my first actual, Nint- oh, well, I guess I had a DS, an old DS fat as well. Um, but yeah, it turns out my very first 
gaming experience was with Nintendo product before even That's the NES, funny. I guess. That's cool. Wow. That's really cool. I think, okay, your memory trumps ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so cool. What I find cool is both of ours was Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Hey, mine was too. Yeah, yeah. Technically. Yeah. Technically, yeah. yeah. I just wasn't playing it myself. Yeah. But yeah, I've absolutely to... forgotten about that until you until this conversation. So so thank you. You dredged up an interesting memory. That's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. That's awesome. And yeah, that um, was that was long before Yeah, pre, yeah, that's pretty cool. Long before I was an actual gamer myself, I just watched. And I have a long history of watching. I would watch my dad and my mom and my brother play a whole variety of games. Like the original way that I got into WoW was I would sit on my brother's bed and watch him play WoW over his shoulder while he was doing all the vanilla stuff. So like even before YouTube and Let's Plays were a thing, I was already a person who <laughs> watched people play video games. I enjoyed it more because I was terrible at all of the uh, hand-eye coordination required for controllers. So it's just funny that I look back and the majority of my childhood memories are me just watching. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, our second question here and our, our final question for the day. So send in more questions because we do want to answer more than two every week. Yeah. Um, the second question is, what do you do when you get a song stuck in your head. <laughs> and I got to be honest, <laughs> I have no way of dealing with it. Everyone has told me, oh, when you get a song stuck in your head, just listen to the song and it'll go away. But no, what happens is I listen to the song and then I get more of the song stuck in my head. And for the last week, I have had one line, just the snippet, of a chorus stuck in my head and I've been singing it in chat I've been typing it in um, all of our discord stuff here and now Matt Murray and Saber are flipping it on me and like trying to bug me with it but like because it's still stuck in my head it doesn't bother me <laughs> <laughs> it's still stuck I haven't been able to get rid of it it's just oh 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 it's magic and it's just stuck <laughs> over and over I can't get rid of it I can't it's just stuck there See, I just I, I listen to the to song. <laughs> Personally, I listen to the song probably all day because it gets in my head so much, and I will listen to it to try to get like to just kind of satisfy my brain in needing to hear that song. And just yeah, the more I listen to it throughout the day, it goes down. Like it's not just one listen for me. I have to listen to it just, quite a bit. Maybe I have to do that then. I'll just have it on repeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not certain that I've got a good defense mechanism against this, but the the one that I've heard is like try just try and replace it with an even catchier song, just like cue up the the most earwormy thing that you can, and just like, at like, least like it will shift it. And then you may be. Well, they've tried. You, oh, okay. You, I mean, the, and and there's always, a, I guess, in the, a risk in that is that you're just going to be stuck with that song, and that's you've just reset the <laughs> the cycle. But, over and over and over again. So what yeah. is the world's catchiest song? Because that's when you know that you've Ooh. gone too far. Mm. It's got to be some J-pop, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, probably Gangnam Style, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if that's the catchiest. It's definitely yeah, actually, up there. Like you can, probably not. Like, if you just slowly replace it with a more catchier and more catchier song every time you go, at what mm. point do you hit where this song is no longer... Like There are no more songs that are catchier than yeah. the one now was... stuck in your head. Uh, 
I was just so tempted to start singing two different songs that have no ending. <laughs> but, but those aren't catchy. Like just... I know, but that's what I was just about to do. Yeah. I was supposed to. I was just about to start singing the song that never ends, and I am slowly going crazy because both of those songs just repeat over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. That'd be too mean. <laughs> I think by saying it, you might have already gotten a stuck in some people's heads, so that's fine. That... <laughs> You're evil. <laughs> you monster. Uh, if you guys have any ways of uh, getting songs out of your head, we obviously need some help here. <laughs> Please, like we said before, send in your questions, send in uh, send in roundtable topic discussions uh, to our Twitter, our email, and our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we we take stuff every time. We'll we'll use most of it, <laughs> probably eventually. We'll get to all of it. So, um, yeah, please don't hesitate. Yes, we want to hear from you guys. Mm. And just kind of yeah, just comment. Let us know what's yeah. what's up. How you doing? If you're uh, if you're watching on a platform that allows you to comment, uh, send us a comment. And if not, then please tweet at us. We want to hear some feedback and we want to know what's up. But I think that will be all for this week's podcast. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching if you're watching on YouTube. And we shall see you all in the next one. Or be talking to you all in the next one. You'll I'm hear us in this. the next one. <laughs> there you go. All right. Take care, everybody. And Cheerio. Bye.